This week I played Rygar. You know, Rygar. You control Rygar and you go fight Lygar. That's it. That's all there is to it. He has the Discarmer. It's a little shield yeah. with spikes and you throw it and it's on a chain. It's neat. Yeah, a little yo-yo thing. Uh, and I also played Clash of Demon Head, which you might remember from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Yes. If you go to Google Image Search Clash of Demon Head, you'll see a whole lot of Brie Larson, and not yeah. a lot of video game, which I'm okay with. Yeah, that's fine, actually. I don't mind. Um, these two games are, are kind of making me realize that there's actually maybe only like 10 good NES games. They're the same 10 NES games that everybody talks about. Everything else, maybe not as good or worth playing. Like, I, I might just not enjoy NES games, is what Rygar and Clash of Demon Head is making me realize. Uh, there's probably more than ten, because you've got, you know, Mario yeah. 1 through 3. you got Mega Mans, some of those. Yeah, you like one... Tales, Batman. I was going to say, Mega Man 1, I'm not sure I would even necessarily count as a particularly well, good no, NES. I'm saying some of them. Yeah, like, for me, 2 and 4 are really good. 5 is pretty good, too. Yeah, it's basically like Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Final Fantasy. They released them all out of order, and some of them never came out. Uh, so I had a lot of options of systems to play uh, Rygar on. I went with the NES one specifically due to my nostalgia for Rygar on the NES uh, back in the day. Um but this came out on the uh, it came out on arcade hardware, uh, mm -hmm. the ZX Spectrum, the Amstrad, Commodore sixty four, uh, Sega Mark three, the Atari Lynx had version of Rygar on it, and the Sharp sixty eight hundred uh, had a version of Rygar. Uh, the the one that I think people kind of get like hung up on the most as far as version differences is the arcade and the NES version. The arcade is more of like a a uh, just straightforward action platformer game, whereas the NES one is maybe more Metroid-esque. Yeah. Like yeah, you can so... find the items and then use those to get in other places. So yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, and so like... Like I said, I, I didn't play the arcade version. The arcade version looks very interesting to me because it looks like a much more stable game than uh, Rygar on the on the NES, uh, which is incredibly flickery, like Mega Man levels of flickery, speaking of Mega Man. Mm -hmm. What's the release uh, year on this, by the way? 1987. 1987. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The year of my birth. Sh share that shame with Rygar. Congratulations on doxing yourself, I guess. <laughs> oh, who cares? It's born in '87. I didn't say I what month. I'm not saying uh, well, I was born. You're. It's because you were born in '83. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would explain a lot. Uh, yeah. So it, as a kid, uh, I, I played this game a lot at the daycare that uh, my mom would always drop me off at. 
And I had the same weird problem uh, that I did with Zelda 2, which I, I told the story in the episode that we recorded for Zelda and Zelda 2, which has not gone, gone up. Um, but there was a town in that game where a drawbridge is raised, and I would keep trying to jump over it like it was a gap. And I would just die and see that Ganon game over and over and over. In Rygar... Yeah, no, look... There, I, I think to like a degree you could understand a kid doing that, but then at some point, like their continuous failure, like a, a healthy brain would recognize that, oh, I'm not supposed to do this. Right, it's like Voss in Far Cry 3 being like, do you know what the definition of insanity is? Yeah. It's jumping over the drawbridge in Zelda 2 over and over. Yeah. And then he goes and uh, tries to poison Hector Salamanca and things go a little awry. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had a similar experience in Rygar, though, which is uh, in in some areas you go and you visit these gigantic old men that sit on these pillars, and they. Will I hate these away. old men. These old men have taught me a lot about learning about life. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> electronic old men will rule the world. Ooh. Man, I look when I get old. If I get that old, I want to move into like a nice, nice temple somewhere where I can just sit on a pillar and tell young people what to do. That'd be alright. Yeah, yeah. S- sounds like a good way to retire. Sort of like a Big Brother program, right? <laughs> exactly. Except like these dudes that you're guiding are thirty, forty years old. Sure, just barbarians in disc armor. Yeah, seasoned adventurers. These guys. Uh, yeah, so th- th- I think there was like one of those rooms where there's not an old man there, and it's just like a pillar uh, where he would be. And as a kid, I always thought like, oh, the way I progress is I jump onto that pillar, and I could never make it over, and I kept throwing myself into a pit and dying. So I never got like super far uh, in Rygar back in the day, and so I wanted to see what came after the goddamn pit in Rygar, uh, which is why I played it on the Edia. Um, okay. Even if, even if. As a kid, I knew where to go. Uh, the cool thing about Rygar is there is no save and there is no password uh, option. So you have to beat it all in one go. Yes. Great design decision. Sure. Uh, considering in 1987, Metroid had come out the year before and that had a password system. So mm-hmm. it's not like this isn't something Rygar could have done. Well, you know, Metroid uh, was such a genius game, they didn't include a map in it, and everything in it looks the same, so... <laughs> what I mean, if I told you the same having... could be said about Rygar? Well, perhaps the same could be said of all religions. Uh, but, yeah, okay, great. Mark 1 in Metroid's favor, it had a password. Yeah, I mean, well, look... What I said isn't necessarily untrue. It it did have a password system, so you wouldn't leave your fucking NES on for like a week trying to beat the game. Yeah, uh, which is something people did with Rygar. Um, That's something people did with a lot of games. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, uh, I had to use a guide for the game though because I. But playing it on a RetroPie, I could do save states and stuff like that, but I kind of got like an hour into Rygar and decided, no, I need to beat this in one sitting. I don't want to have to keep coming back to this game. It just doesn't... Not a good feeling game, Rygar. No. Uh, not good, very, this Rygar. No. 
uh, very clunky, uh, squirrely kind of jumping mechanics to it. Uh, like I said, everything very flickery, uh, kind of hard to look at. The music is absolutely grating. Uh, just that same like dun 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 thing like over and over again. And I want to say that's in like a majority of the levels. I don't think that they change it up that much. How's it go? Uh, da da like that. That one. Maybe the music trigger is really good, actually. Maybe I misremember. Those jerks at Game Freak just completely ripped it off. <laughs> just straight up lifted the whole soundtrack. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is uh, again to kind of draw back to the Zelda discussion that you and I had that nobody can actually listen to and draw a comparison between. Uh, but Rygar is one of those games that like you needed the instruction manual because that's where the map lived. Yeah, just like Metal Gear Solid. Rygar has to get the codec frequency for Meryl. <laughs> but like, so the map was in that, and God, I I really just don't like. That's the thing that I kind of keep coming back to, and like Clash of Demon Head was proving that for me too. That I just don't like how obtuse NES games are. Rygar and Clash of Demon Head are both very open-ended, non-linear games. That is fine. I don't have a problem with that. By the 16-bit era, those games were much better about communicating where you should be going next. Like, they, mm -hmm. they didn't completely handhold you, but they gave you a good idea. Rygar and Clash of Demon Head are incredibly vague about that stuff. You kind of just have to figure it out. Yeah, without it's any just kind of game where, like, they were trying to do more than they really should have been trying at that time. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of a large part of it. Like, yeah, like, Metroid is you can pop up some that. text. You can have a guy that says like, "Hey, go to this area," and well, and not have it lie like in Simon's Quest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that in Rygar's case too, it's it's a a much more simple game, sort of like Metroid, that I mm -hmm. think that there's just a very finite amount of stuff that you could realistically try, and then eventually you're going to just brute your, force your way ahead in that game. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to Clash of Demon Head, which is a mess. Right. I mean, it would be kind of like playing an adventure game, and um, you have to repair a wire somewhere, right? But you can't repair it while the power is on, so you have to have another character turn off the circuit breaker. Except to get into the basement, you have to have both of your other characters there, so one can hold open the door. And then you turn off the circuit breaker, but then you go back to the first person, and it's completely dark, so you have to try to click around to figure out where the wires are. And then when you try to repair it, they're like, it's too dark, so you try to use the flashlight. But you don't use the flashlight on it, because that won't work. Instead, you have to turn on the flashlight, and then it turns out the batteries you got were old batteries, so they immediately go out, and then mm. the whole building blows up because the circuit breaker was off too long and it didn't give you any warning or countdown or anything. Yes, I also don't like Resident Evil Zero. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're talking about, right? Uh, definitely. Okay. 
I mean, I just I couldn't fathom what other classic video game you might be uh, disparaging on oh, this no. show. Yeah, maybe a game that was a very important like starting point for other things in the future that should not be replayed today. Yeah. Hmm. Sort of like Metroid. Yes, exactly. That it sounds like a Metroid. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. That is uh. So before I get into Clash of Demon Head, the, the one bit of trivia I did pull up for Rygar that I that I did kind of want to mention that I thought was amusing was that in Japan this game is called Warrior of Argus: Extreme Great Change, and not Rygar, uh, because the the villain in the game is Rygar instead. The Rai and Lai syllables being the same in Japanese, so there wouldn't really be a distinction between two different characters, uh, as there is with Rygar and Ligar. And so Rygar is just named the legendary. The legendary what? Warrior. Warrior. Okay. Sure. Yep. Uh, also, a Victokai game. Victokai. Victokai, my bad. Yes. Uh, which. Or no, uh, Clash of Demon Head. I'm sorry. Timco uh, did Rygar. Oh, uh, okay. Clash of Demon Head is Victokai. Hey, it's me, Victokai. But yeah, Clash That's of Demon right. Head, hey. Uh, it stands for Valuable Information and Communication, the Vic, by the way. Okay. Sure. It's a really bad acronym. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Clash of Demon Head, uh, similar to Rygar, very nonlinear. Uh, but this game, like, the, the way the map is laid out infuriates me because every single level is basically assigned a number. Like, you have Area 1, Area 2, Area 4. You can go from Area 4 to Area 8. They're all kind of connected uh, by these by these pathways. Kind of go to them in a somewhat nonlinear order, depending on what route you take. Did you um, see how the uh, Let's Raid Area 8 thing went? Hmm. Well, I mean... Guycott had out. a fucking gun, so yeah. I'm sure yes. it went great. Exactly. Just teleported it and started shooting everybody. Mm-hmm. Just like Mega um, Man. Yeah, just like Mega Man. Uh, the, the thing that is especially frustrating to me about Clash of Demon Head is you don't really get a good sense of like, oh, I remember what Area 1 is like, because there's like 40-plus areas in this game, and they all kind of like bleed together in in the same boring shit. Like there's just barely fucking anything different about these levels. They're not fun to play. They're all really short. And like your movement, it just feels like floaty and gross. Like similar to how Rygar just does not have a very good feel to moving around and just even do it anything. Uh-huh. Um, but like to Clash of Demon Head's credit, I think it is also very very ambitious uh the sheer quantity of characters and and the weird quirky dialogue in this game like i think all that stuff is really great yeah i like the sprites in it your little goku looking man and the skelly man and whatnot yeah there there's a lot of charm uh in in the aesthetics of this game and in like the character writing and stuff like that uh, but, like, charm is only going to really kind of carry you so far, like, if the rest of the game is not that fun to play, which is the case in Clash of Demon. Yeah. Uh, the, the name is really good. Yeah, like, I one wish of the that... all-time best video game titles. Yeah, I wish it were associated with a, a game that I had more fun playing. 
Uh, Clash of Demon Head, though, I think is is more vague and kind of difficult to figure out where to go next than uh, Rygar was, because Clash of Demon Head is just so much bigger uh, in scope, and I don't quite remember... Like, Rygar, your progression was metered out by the items that you would get from defeating the bosses. Like, oh, I need to get, like, a rope to bridge this gap, so I gotta get, like, a uh, wind pulley. Uh, and Clash of Demon Head, I think, is mostly just about who you talk to and what order you speak, if I recall correctly. It has fiddly been some time since I played it, and I really did not want to hop back into it because I do not like this video game. Understandable. I don't remember any of that stuff. You got a gun, you can teleport, you can shrink down. These are some of the things that I remember. Uh, I remember that last level is very vertical, uh, kind of like going up into a spaceship. Okay. Yeah. I probably did not get to the end. It would surprise me if he did. It would surprise me if most people actually put up with Clash of Demon Head until the very end. That, similar to Rygar, I think that these are games that... My experience with Rygar back in, back in the day, again, was throwing myself into a pit. So my nostalgia for it was a nostalgia based on curiosity. I wanted to see what the rest of the game was like. It wasn't a positive nostalgia, and it wasn't a negative nostalgia, necessarily. But I think that there are a lot of games like this that really, really, really don't hold up. They were perhaps never really that good to begin with, that mm. people developed these very strong, positive, nostalgic feelings for because they just played it a lot when they were a kid. Right. It's like, okay, so like hypothetically, like if you were playing a game that was like a side-scroller, uh, and the whole thing was like, oh, you can go fast, look how fast you can go, except most of it is actually just really slow and awkward platforming, and in fact, if you go fast, the camera's so close you can't see anything in front of you, <clears throat> and so you just, like, run directly into obstacles, so you just have to take everything very slowly until you know the exact layout. Like, that wouldn't be fun. We talked about Arrow the Acrobat a few weeks ago. Oh, that's we don't right. Need, we don't need to go over it again. Yeah, good point. There's a whole episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, the, I think the main thing that Clash of Demon Head is known for at this point, too, is the Scott Pilgrim stuff. Like, yep. Sure. I, I, I struggle to think of anyone else talking about Clash of Demon Head outside of Scott Pilgrim. I knew about it before that, but basically just because of the title. Um, yeah. I, I genuinely struggle with whether or not I, I heard about it before Scott Pilgrim. Like, I, I'm trying to think of any kind of specific instance where I... Like, I probably picked up on it in a gaming magazine at some point. Yeah, I mean, I just knew of it to the extent that, like, when I saw Scott Pilgrim, I was like, oh, that's a video game. Yeah, like... I want to say that was my reaction to it too, but I just, like, I don't think before that time I had any concept of what it was necessarily, other than just it's the name of a video game. Yeah, I don't uh, know that. I, I think I maybe had a vague idea of, like, it's a side-scroller. Or, like, maybe yeah. I knew the box art. So box art's, like, it's kind of like Mega Man 1-ish, isn't it? Or, uh, no, it's like, um, like Mega Man like 9 and 10 the ones they yeah. get for those. Where it's like a guy I'm with a ring say, and he's like a barbarian or say something. It was maybe closer to two or something. But yes, it's very much that and yes, everything's like airbrushed. It's mm -hmm. a painting kind of thing. Knock uh, off Frank Frazetta. Yeah. It's a lot of uh a lot of gradient burns for like muscle definition and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, That's how it should be. You should bring back yes. box art like that. Yes, video games should still have covers like that. Like, actually, for real, like, I still wish a lot of movie posters were painted. Yeah, sure. Drew Struzan's still around, as far as I know. Yeah. Have that um, guy paint stuff. Movie posters now fucking suck. They could yeah. all be paintings and fucking rule, though. Yeah. Um. Imagine, like, one of those sorts of, like, box arts for, uh, like, Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley, I guess. Just, like, an airbrushed guy ripped just pulling a turnip out of the ground. Yes. The turnip's got, like, some sort of evil monster face yes, on it. exactly. It has fangs and, it, like, it's sprouting yeah. little arms. <laughs> that would work for Mario, too, also. And and then, like, in the background, though, like, in the sky would be this kind of, like, ethereal image of whatever your, like, the love interest, one of them from Stardew Valley, is, like, being picked up in the arms of, like, some muscly villain. Uh, sure. Who does not exist in the game Yes exactly that's very important Almost everything on the cover yeah. needs to just be Like a vague Approximation of things that exist In the game Oh, That would be so good I really wish that's what they went with Yeah uh, But but yeah I, uh, the, the thing with Clash of Demon Head The reason I wanted to play that is I guess because of Scott Pilgrim And just kind of hearing about the name Clash of Demon Head yeah. I mean you I hear the name wanna... Clash at Demon Head and you think Oh I should probably play that Yeah probably Greatest trick the devil ever pulled Yeah, yeah. So uh, Full disclosure uh, I'm just I'm gonna get right out there In a minute uh, we maybe already tried To talk about these two games and we realized That we didn't really have anything to say I, I think we just actually summarized everything We really wanted to go over in about 10 minutes yeah, and it kind of just went on for a bit And then it, to fill time I talked about the filmography of Barry Sonnenfeld So you're going to yeah. miss out on that, I guess But by, by that time, though, I was also completely just drained and brain dead So I had nothing to say So it was just Larry <laughs> talking about Sonnenfeld It was just like, hey, you know, he did the Adams Family movies He was cinematographer for the Coen Brothers And he did Men in Black It was He did all these great Hits and then just disappeared What's the deal with that and went over the whole filmography I just sat there and said nothing <laughs> Yeah It turned like, out yeah. by the way he's doing fine Because he came back with the uh, Series of unfortunate events series on Netflix Which is very good I recommend it I never read the books but That series is really he good also, He also did RV and uh, Nine Lives Yes R RV and Nine Lives <laughs> Starring the dead Robin Williams and the also dead Kevin Spacey. Yep. Rest in peace, Kevin Space. <laughs> no, rest in peace, Robin Williams. Which one's the one that laid on guys? Is that Robin Williams did that and Kevin well, Spacey hung up? Right? Yep. That's how that was. No. no. Sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, Kevin Spacey, he hung himself while honking it. That's what I remember. What's our next game? This is this is the new edition. Yes, so uh, I I declared that we were doing a mulligan uh, and that I needed to pick a third game. So I decoupled this from another episode. I'll have to figure out that problem sometime later. But uh, I decided why not go with a uh, third NES game and perhaps instead of uh, you know. Clash at Demon Head maybe in, inspired some other piece of media. What if some other media inspired a video game? 
Larry, let's talk about Gremlins 2 the new batch for yes. the Nintendo. Yeah. That's more I like told it. you you were going to like it. Okay. This <laughs> is a good game. Fuck yeah it is. It is weirdly good. It is. Um, Way better than you would expect. Just like the movie, yeah. in fact. So, here's the thing. Clash of Demon had released uh, in 1989 in Japan. It came out in 1990 here in the States. Uh, I, I believe January 1990, if memory serves right. Mm-hmm. Bad video game, not good, feels wonky, too ambitious, frustrating. You know what else came out in 1990? Motherfucking Gremlins 2. Now that's Wait. a late stage NES game. Yes. Yeah. Gizmo so, just like fighting floating tomatoes. Because why not? Yeah. It, bat gremlins are like a common enemy in this game too. Also just flying s- around. Skateboarding gremlins. Yeah, I was about to mention that just gremlins skateboarding. Like those are just some of the enemies that you fight in the game. Uh so this is um the the way that this game plays, I, I should probably explain that before anything else, is it is a top-down, uh, kind of like action shooter game. Uh, so Gizmo just throws these like little balls out at things to destroy them. And then there's some platforming elements involved as well, uh, getting past like hazards like electrified pipes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very simplistic. Uh, you have shops that you could go in and you you buy stuff from like the dude who sold uh, Gizmo to Billy's dad. Yep. Uh, and so you can buy like balloons. So like when you fall down a pit, you get out of it by using a balloon. You take a bit of damage. Uh, I never ran out of balloons, so I assume that when you do fall down a pit, you just you just die. I think you just die at that point. Okay. Like, you have uh, three hit points, I want to say. So, like, typically if you fall down a pit and you have a balloon, you take, like, one heart of damage. Okay. So, and like, I think that's how like, well, you're, you're going through the levels and you're, like, collecting items. Like, at the end of the level. Uh, yeah, so you're collecting different weapons uh, is the thing. So each new level, you have a different weapon. That's right, so, like, okay. A, a, yeah, so at, like, one point you beat a boss and you get the spread shot. And then, like, a, another level you basically get a grenade launcher. Okay, I uh, was thinking, like, were you getting things, like, to make an ultimate weapon at the end? Because I was thinking it was maybe based on the part in the movie where he, like, creates the explosive bow and arrow. But I couldn't oh, remember. Oh, you mean when Gizmo became Rambo yes. and he put on the little Rambo bandana? <laughs> yes, exactly. And he uh, torched the spider gremlin. Yeah, you know the gremlin is also half a spider. Yeah, well, it's because Mohawk drank the spider juice in the yeah. lab. Uh, that That is the final boss of this game, by the way, is a spider gremlin. Well, of course. Like, what else would it be? But you fight Brainy. like a regular Mohawk earlier. Too. Brainy's not a fighter. Oh, I beg to differ. Brainy, he has cunning on his side. He gets other gremlins to do the fighting for him. Yes, exactly. Then, like, Score the last hit on the Brainy Gremlin. Yeah, I mean, he sh- he did shoot that one Gremlin. No, it's like Arkham Asylum. The Brainy Grim- Gremlin, he drinks the Venom juice, and then he, like, hulks out. <laughs> no. And Gizmo beats him up. <sighs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, you, you fight some of the different gremlins uh, from the movie that, that kind of transform themselves in unique ways. So you fight like the electricity gremlin at one point. Uh, you fight Mohawk, I want to say, like three different times. Like uh, Unfortunately, first... the vegetable gremlin is not in it, right? No, the vegetable gremlin yeah. and the sexy gremlin are yeah. also not in it. Well, of course not. Sexy gremlin, you, you can't put that in a children's NES game. In no, <laughs> no. Like, there wasn't an ESRB, but we still had standards. Well, it's really because they couldn't make a uh, pixelized version of Robert Picardo for the NES. And you gotta have him in there. Sexy gremlins it's a involved. secret it's a secret side closet if you actually you you throw like five balls at the side closet the door opens up and you go in and it's just his back to the screen and just a little bit of a gremlin poking out and he just yells get out of here <laughs> you're crawling through the vents and if you look down in one of the holes you can see the sexy gremlin doing sit-ups oh no <laughs> that's funny because at the end of that movie the sexy gremlin totally blows that dude then some that's just the thing that happens in that movie (laughs) yeah um yeah man so there's there's a really good fight with mohawk though where he just has like a tommy gun and is just trying to shoot you with a fucking tommy gun sure why not i mean that's extremely gremlins-esque so it's appropriate that it's in the game it's i mean in the movie understood gremlins yeah like in the movie he had newsy at one point Oh, he! Did. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh no! I mean, that's the personal rule. Anytime I forget about even the most minor facet of Gremlins Two, it means I got to go rewatch Gremlins Two. <laughs> Shit! I guess I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah. It's always a good oh, use of time. Man. Yeah. Uh. But the the thing about the the Gremlins game that's remarkable to me is uh. Movie tie-in games, even at that point in time, not necessarily good. Uh, very few of them were. Um, yeah. It was maybe worse in like the 16-bit era, and then it definitely got unfathomably bad when you hit like PlayStation One, PlayStation Two era. But still, but generally not good even in the NES. Uh, but then, like the video game they made for Gremlins Two, the new batch of all things, actually turns out to be kind of incredibly good. Like it feels very tight. Uh, you never feel like you are not in control of Gizmo. Uh, the difficulty, I think, ramps up in a way that is uh, paced out well. Although I would say in the last level, there's some real dog shit with conveyor belts that are very, very thin, and you have to like jump on multiple belts to get over large gaps like that stuff definitely seems like it was put there to kind of like like you know don't want to finish it in a weekend kind of thing yeah sure um but up to that point it it felt like a good logical progression in terms of difficulty i mean i never played it back then because uh i was terrified of it because the cover is horrifying (laughs) Uh, to a child anyway Like before I had watched the movies And was like ah this is okay Yeah um, yeah. No, that, that cover is a, a good gross representation Of Mohawk I mean it's like Mohawk in like a hell dimension Yeah Like why His <laughs> mouth is open and he's baring all his teeth Yeah it's just like I think it's really like the red background And everything that was what really did it Also but yeah. All right. Would you have been more or less afraid if he had an Uzi? 
And he was like oh. pointing it right at the at, at the player. At probably less actually. No, yeah. that'd be like hey, that's what I was. What okay? What if you also then he like like he was riding a skateboard? Oh, then I would have rented it every week. <laughs> uh, I was yeah. hoping he would have been like, "Oh no, that's way more terrifying." <laughs> it just means he's mobile at this point. Well, then also he has a backwards baseball cap on. Then I wouldn't have. Oh, because that. I don't know. I I prefer my gremlins with like a little propeller hat. Yes, well, I was going to say that, but that doesn't really fit with the skater boy aesthetic. No, just mostly the boy aesthetic, but yes. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, look, they could have put more gremlins in this if I had to give it a criticism, because again, vegetable gremlins not in it, brain gremlins not in it, uh, sexy gremlin not in it. Uh, you don't yeah. got Grandpa Munster in the game. That yeah. is a crime. Daniel Clamp no, also I think is maybe not he... in it, I think. Actually, I think uh, Grandpa Munster might actually appear in like a cutscene. Maybe. I'd need to go back and play the game, which I am not adverse to doing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. It could be worse if you play Clash of Demon Head. Oh, yeah. No, I'm never doing that again. I've already made that mistake once. Uh, could have had, like, the Flasher uh, Gremlin as an enemy in this game. Like, he just pulls open his coat, and then the screen flashes, and you take damage. That would have been good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, sure, but also it had... um. Remember the part in the movie where they're in the elevator and like the gremlin hands come through the walls and everything? It has stuff yeah. kind of like that in the game where like the hands will come out of the walls or whatever and try to grab you. Yeah, they come out of the out of the floor and try to grab at you. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. There, there, are there is uh, like yeah, like look, not to there are things from that movie I would have liked to see them put in that game. It is an NES game. There's only so much that you put in there, and I feel that Sunsoft uh, had a remarkable amount of respect for Gremlins to the new batch, <laughs> and actually pulled like a lot of really good references to put in their game. Yeah, you gotta respect uh, G two. Yeah, it, one of the things that uh, I should maybe actually warn about this game: um, epilepsy is a uh, a horrible affliction that a lot of people have to deal with. Um, I do not suffer from epilepsy, so flashing in video games, uh, which was more aggressive back in like the NES era, typically does not bother me. At the end of Gremlins 2, the way that they defeat all the gremlins singing New York, New York, by the way, that is a thing from the movie, if yeah. you haven't seen it, um, is they had captured the uh, electricity gremlin and they let him loose and he fries all the gremlins. The flashing when this happens is so aggressive, I had to actually like close my eyes. And like my head hurt a little bit. Mm. It is really, really just a a face full of strobe at that point, and it goes on for quite a while. I like imagining uh, you playing Gremlins two, and at the end, it's just like that <laughs> shot of Agent Cooper sitting in the chair as the strobe light is flashing, and he's just staring there with his eyes wide open. I wish Gremlins two killed me. That would have been <laughs> such a good story. <laughs> You played Gremlins, dude, he died. Death by G2. We just found him doubled over on his couch, foaming at the mouth on the Gremlins 2 start screen. Oh, the um, best obituary ever. God damn, yeah. 
No, I, I want to warn people of this because if it is something that you want to sit down and play, there is nothing in Gremlins 2 up to that point that I think would be like some sort of seizure-inducing thing. But when you get there, holy shit, if you have epilepsy, there is no way this doesn't trigger. Yeah. It's super bad. Um, God, the music in the game is ridiculously good, too. Like, that is actually the thing that I think is maybe my favorite part about this game is like that level one theme is dope. I don't really remember it. Oh, but... well, well, I'll get, you'll get the music to put in this episode. You'll yeah. know exactly what I'm, I'm bad at remembering else... like music in general, like from memory being like, how does that one go again? Like, if I hear something, I'll recognize it, but I can't like summon it up usually. Yeah. Well, the music goes like, dun, dun, dun. Okay. The first level from from Gremlins. Yeah. All right. That's a classic. Sounds really familiar, though. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. So, G two. Who is your favorite Gremlin from Gremlins to the new batch? Uh, from the game or from the movie? From the movie. You kind of got to go with vegetable. Mm. Well, I just I yeah, like Lenny. Like, yeah, the dumbass gremlin, the gremlin whose whole existence is that he is fucking dumb. Well, that's Daffy. Oh, I thought that was Lenny, but yes, that Daffy is a better name, so that makes more sense. And Daffy <laughs> is the one with the googly eyes that, like, yeah, that yeah. And then there's Mohawk, and then there's Lenny and George because of mice and men references in. Gremlins too. Why not? Yeah, the gremlin picks up the bunny and it pets it too hard. And yeah, then just exactly. eats it. <laughs> yeah, Lenny uh, is the one with the like buck teeth. Okay. I do like Fraser Crane Gremlin a whole lot though. You mean Brainy? Yeah. Like, I wish that actually was Brainy's trajectory through this whole thing, is, like, the rest of the gremlins die, but he survives, and he's just like, well, I gotta become a working man now. So, like, he gets his (laughs) psychology degree, and then just, like, the rest of his life is just literally Frasier. It's just the Frasier sitcom, but you remove Kelsey Grammer, it's just the Brainy gremlin. There's also a part where the gremlin falls off a stage and goes, oh, dear lord. It's the best thing Kelsey Grammer's oh, ever done. God, that movie is... Like, I understand why there's people who don't like it, right? Mm. Like, it's it's not that much like the first movie. It's this weird, like, send-up to, ta- uh, to Tex Avery. But yeah. also, it's extremely good for that reason. No, like, it's yeah, just... like, Joe Dante was very much in love with old yeah. Warner Brothers cartoons and stuff. Like, he wanted to be a Chuck Jones type. And so, he he did it. Congrats. Yeah, no, he did not want to, uh, famously did not want to do another Gremlins movie, so when the studio basically forced him to, he decided, well, I'm going to make a movie that is simultaneously going to let me just chase my Chuck Jones fantasies and also cement that I will never have to do another Gremlins ever again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also kind of weird because then he did end up making a Looney Tunes movie. Um, and yeah. the best joke in that is when they go to one of the characters' cars, it is an AMC gremlin, 
and when they see it, it plays the dun 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 music. I don't remember that. That's yeah, a fun little bit. Oh, That's all I basically I should, remember uh, from that. Except uh, Fred Willard. No, <laughs> yeah, Fred Willard. Um, Matthew Lillard shows up as Shaggy in it. Ooh, I should maybe see this movie. I don't think I'm. So, which Looney Tunes is this? Back in Action. Okay. Yeah. No, I it's definitely okay. not. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Fraser and Jenna yeah. Elfman. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. It was okay. Eh, I should maybe watch it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Gremlins too. They put the, they put that Gremlin in the paper shredder. Yeah. It's fucking gross. Yeah. It's really. And before that, it has the really good part where it's just like banging on a keyboard, just going like F L E K R G. It's like it implied that it kills his secretary and then just decides to become a secretary in yeah. her stead. Like, I kind of think that's the whole deal with gremlins is like they just assume a role. Like, that's yeah. how they operate. And so, yeah, he but just then... decides to try to be a secretary. Yeah. But then because gremlins are uh, well known for making a mess of things, getting up to mischief, uh, that the gremlins are also very bad at whatever role they end up assuming. Well, well yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you saw, like... you saw the ones that ended up wanting to become like snowplow drivers in the first <laughs> gremlins. Sure. <laughs> they were yeah. not good at their job. No. I mean, it's a good thing that Mr. Futterman turned out to be okay after yeah, getting rammed right. by a snowplow. <laughs> Um, and then he has that whole fight with the bat gremlin in New York City. Like, he just wants to go enjoy it. First of all, weird that he decided to just follow Billy to New York City. Like, that was their whole reason for being there was, let's just go see Billy. And then he just gets fucking attacked by a bat gremlin. Yeah, no just one goes cares, straight by for the him. way. Yes, if you everyone... watch that scene, no one in the background thinks anything of this. You know, it's New York. Yeah, uh, no, it's perfect. Like, that... I'm not sure if it was just that, like, it, it has to be that it's because it's New York. Like, I don't know that they would give the direction of just keep walking by for any other reason. Yeah, I think that's intentional, because some people do, like, sort of glance at him and just keep moving. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've, the funnier part of that is that the Bat Gremlin just goes straight for him and ignores everyone else. Like, it just yeah. knows that he has a connection to them. Um, this is also like, by the way, front ended and book ended by two really good gags, which is like the front end is when the bat gremlin becomes a bat gremlin and it flies out of the laboratory. It leaves a perfect bat symbol indentation <laughs> in the wall. Yeah. And then the back end is that it just like, I can't remember exactly how it ends up dying, like what triggered it, the, um, but it like Futterman up. grabs it and like smashes it into some wet concrete in the sidewalk. That, Yes, and then it flies up to a building, uh, lands on a perch, and just turns into a gargoyle. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, perfect. there's your end for Gremlins 3. It's just that, like, he breaks out of the cement. What happens to the Lady Gremlin, though? Isn't she, like, unaccounted for at the end? Uh, the very last bit before the credits is, uh, is Clamp, like... Yeah. Thinking everything's done, and then he turns around, and the lady gremlin is there, and then he does that thing where he looks at the camera and kind of shrugs, like, well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go for it. I don't have any, like, any better options, I guess. Yeah, that was what I thought. And so, but I couldn't remember if that was, like, 
at the end or before. Is he just keeping the gremlin as like some sort of disgusting sex pet? Like, is that what happened to the lady gremlin? Ah, uh, well, we'll never know. I like uh, Red Letter. Red Letter Media had a pitch that like their concept of Gremlins three, because uh, Clamp is very much supposed to be like a dig at Donald Trump. Uh, yeah. Back in New York at that point in time was that the third Gremlins, you'd have to raise the stakes and it would have to take place in the White House. So, like, Clamp becomes president and then Billy gets brought on as, like, the cabinet. That was Red Letter Media's. I really like that. And part of what I like about that is maybe the 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 lady Gremlin ends up having, like, some sort of role in the cabinet. <laughs> and, so like, everyone's like just really weird education. Yeah. Yeah, so you could turn her into, like, a Betsy DeVos proximity. Yeah. Uh, she's just like eating textbooks in the background or something my idea for gremlins 3 was always that there would be like too many gremlins for or maybe like maybe a giant gremlin it would be sort of a godzilla type thing and so the only way to battle it would be to make gizmo eat after midnight and then he uh, would turn into an ultimate super good gremlin to fight him oh and so but then like, there has to be a way to turn him back yeah, and they'd they'd come up with something. Or or because remember, Gizmo... based on the novelizations, the gremlins are aliens. The Mogwai yes. are aliens, and Gizmo okay, is apparently here's... the only one. Like I guess even if he did eat after midnight, according to those, he still would not mutate. But mm. but he's like so genetically. My... It's basically all um, eugenics. No. Uh, okay, here's my pitch. Here's here's my twist on your idea. Okay. Gizmo become Gizmo becomes a gremlin, but he has to make the ultimate sacrifice oh, uh, no. because the sun's sun's going to come up, and he he also he knows he can't live like this anymore, so he's going to go with the sun. Uh, but before he does, he turns to Billy, and he produces one last little gremlin ball that contains like all of his good essence in it, and then you get the Gizmo's son. And that's how you like continue on gremlins. Ah, uh, son of Gizmo. Son of Gizmo. Yeah, Billy also. just looks at it and he whispers, "Son of Gizmo," <laughs> and then the credits roll. <laughs> Post credit scene: Clamp is still just getting blown by the gremlins. <laughs> What's that Gilligan up to? Uh, I think mostly just dealing with people asking him what the fuck's going on with Gremlins 3, because, like, any time I see him brought up, it's just like, eh, he was talking about Gremlins 3 again and how they're maybe going to do it. Yeah, yeah. They were threatening it for a while. There was that animated series <laughs> Yes, they were threatening all of us with Gremlins 3. They are. They're like, man, watch out. G3 yeah, we'll coming up. Movie. Yeah, that that animated thing seems like a bad idea. Yes, like I the thing that I want from Gremlins is not a animated like a cartoon or something. I want an actual like Gremlins three. Yeah, like the whole thing is seeing these puppets running amok, you know, and also just like the whole story of it being about that shop owner when he was a kid, and like yeah. the. Is it like evil industrialists are producing gremlins or something? Why would industrialists like produce more gremlins? I the don't know. Oh. The fuck? You're asking the wrong person here. 
I okay, you know what? I actually do maybe like the idea that like in order to get cheap labor, maybe a company is reproducing gremlins because they're like, well, the gremlins have to fill a role. That would so, be like, pretty good. Like, get them to work in the factory, but then, like, the gremlins start fucking everything up, but it's fine because American industry. But then also, I like the idea of, like, gremlins losing their fingers and, like, presses and stuff. Like, the, the gremlins <laughs> are... Get, get rid of them. Just put another gremlin in here. The gremlins Throw a hard are... hat on a gremlin. They're putting together Xboxes at Foxconn or something. <laughs> end up having to put more nets around because they're just already clogged full of gremlin corpses everyone complained about the way that the iphone was being produced but ever since we switched our workforce over to gremlins <laughs> gremlins have no problems with rare earth metals sun though that's kind of a problem oh man uh so i'm gonna just um I'll just quickly read from the Wikipedia article about possible sequels uh, to Gremlins 2 because it's not very long. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm going on with it. So, in January 2013, Vulture reported that Warner Brothers was negotiating with Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment to reboot the Gremlins franchise. Uh, Seth Graham Smith was tapped to produce alongside oh, no. David Katzen. However, Graham Smith has since stated that the project has been put on hold. In November 2015, Zach Galligan confirmed uh, that the third film will be a sequel and not. Wasn't Seth Graham Smith attached to the possible Beetlejuice sequels too? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I feel like uh, he's the guy that keeps like, they're like, oh, he's the one that's gonna write sequel to long dormant '80s property. See, here's also, the thing, really like, sucks. I want new Gremlins. I think that you could absolutely do a Gremlins-esque movie at this point in time, and it could work. Beetlejuice, not so much, because then you'd have to get Tim Burton involved, and Tim Burton has not made a good movie in I don't know how many, like, tens of years. Okay. Like, uh, I have more faith in the creative team behind Gremlins, is, is what I'm getting at. Um, yes, if but, I could get Joe Dante back. Yeah. Uh, it continues, in a December 2016 interview with Bleeding Cool, Galligan said that Columbus has been aggressively working on a Gremlins 3, which had writer Carl Ellsworth on board. A Gremlins in Vegas plot had been rejected. What? Uh, the... Oh, that would be good. Yeah, it would. Uh, so actually, this might be where Red Letter Media got this. Maybe they just expanded on this. Uh, the latest script was said to be set in the present day, where essentially I'm working for Donald Trump, our new president. <laughs> so... Yes, please. Like, actually set it. Gremlins, the Gremlins presidency. That is what I want. Gremlins take DC. Yeah. Like, a Vegas one would wait, still actually wait a second. be a good setting. Isn't it? Make America Gremlins again. <gasps> it's right there. Ah! It's right there for the taking. You cracked the code. <laughs> Oh shit! I'm gonna seal this up and mail it to myself. So when they do that, I'll have proof. <laughs> we got it first. A twenty. This is the last thing. Um, a 2017 interview with Chris Columbus discussed his twisted and dark script, which explored the idea that has been on fans' mind for a long time. If all the gremlins come from Gizmo getting wet and feeding his Mogwai offspring after midnight. Should Gizmo be eliminated? <gasps> Imagine Billy just holding a gun to Gizmo's head and crying. 
<laughs> okay, okay, okay. Gremlin set in Washington D.C. Right. Okay. Bring the bringing Gremlin back. He's the true puppet master of the Clamp presidency, and he decides Gizmo needs to be eliminated. <laughs> Gizmo is now enemy of the state. I like imagining um, Brain um, Gremlin as Dick Cheney, just like sitting there reclining back in a chair with one corner of his lip curled up. <laughs> you know, like you could have like Gremlin FBI agents in it that are hunting Gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> They're just wearing little ill-fitting suits and earpieces. Gremlin Secret Service. Yeah, he's got like the little handguns. I mean, gremlins have already been shown using guns, so it works. It makes sense. Yeah. Oh, man. The thing is, though, I man. feel like pretty much any of these ideas, it's like better to just have them exist in your head, because if they do make it, it won't be that good. Yeah, sure. But I, I still think with, uh, you know, Krampus was like a movie that felt very Gremlins-esque to me. So that's like my I kind of like proof that I think Gremlins could work at yeah, this you, point in time. you like Krampus? Uh, I watched it like once and I thought it was pretty good. Okay, so. I haven't seen it. It's got a very, it's got a Gremlins kind of vibe to it. It's, just, it's this horror thing that's not taking itself seriously at all. Mm-hmm. All practical and everything because uh, that's the thing too if you do another gremlins it's, it's got to be puppets yes definitely do not do cgi gremlins unless it's like you have to show the gremlins like their full body or something and it's like a real quick flash to like show them moving around like i can kind of get maybe doing that cgi yeah or there was that uh fan film thing where they did yeah. the gremlins and they like use cgi for the eyes like to make them blink and stuff and that's fine yes that is that is okay um but yeah, you still better be using using puppets. Yes, definitely. Man, Gremlins is so good. If anybody hasn't seen that fan film, like go check it out because it's actually pretty good. The concept is that the Gremlins invade a DVR, and so it's like scenes from various movies and stuff with them digitally inserted in, and some of the results are a little questionable. Is specifically the Batman bit, but other yeah. parts are really really good. The the best one is the Indiana Jones one where it's yes. him getting lowered in that pit with all the snakes. Yeah, uh, but it's instead, like, <laughs> Gremlins like partying with party hats and those little blower things. Yeah, and there's like music playing, balloons and everything. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I I the Gremlins game is shockingly great. All Gremlins things are good. The only Gremlins things that I'm worried about are uh, you know them doing that that cartoon. I don't like the sound of that. No. Not a fan. Uh, I did want to mention, though, uh, similar to Rygar, uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch, uh, was on a number of systems. Um, so this actually uh, is a... There's another version uh, created by Toposoft, which is a Spanish developer, uh, and Mode of Time. Um, and that came out for the Amiga, uh, the Atari ST, Commodore 64, DOS, MSX, Amstrad, CPC, and the ZX Spectrum. The Amiga version has a really good, like, UI. I think it's that one. It has, like, for no reason, it's just like a gremlin is holding up the frame that your health and stuff is in. That is really good. I remember looking at all the different versions a while back. 
Uh, there was also, uh, it says here that uh, the goal in each of the five levels is to locate a specific item required to see the game's good ending. So I think that might also be what you're thinking of. Like, yes, in the Gremlins 2 NES 1, you're getting an item at the end of each stage, but it's mostly an augmentation to your weapon. Uh, whereas it sounds like the Toposoft one is more, um, you need to collect these items to get a better ending. Maybe. Hey, uh, so, Electronic awesome. Gaming Monthly in October 1990 gave Gremlins 2 the award of Best Movie to Game. And you know what? They're probably yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know uh, what else came out that best, year. Best but... new character of 1990 is Gizmo. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really curious what best character of 1990 is if they were doing that award at that point in time. Because I am still mad, actually, about 1993. <laughs> that was Electronic Gaming Monthly, right? It was some other weird one. Uh, I think it was EGM. No, because uh, you asked me about it and you were like, was this a magazine that you read? And I was like, no. I'm like, looking this up. Best I don't. I don't think character. it was Edge either. Yes, it was Electronic Gaming Monthly in 1993. Best new character. Arrow the Acrobat. Yeah. Oh, EGM, what were you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember like who was on staff in 1993. Yeah, I was wondering. Like, Dan. Did Dan Shu have anything to say about that? I don't think Dan Shu uh, went that far back. Uh, I think that was somebody else at that point in time. Uh, you know, there's a way to check. I could just look at the... Uh... Sure, just just take a look. Yeah, I yeah, know. Uh, there's a site here that says relaunch 19, or 2019 to present, uh, which is news to me. It'd be nice if there was just like a timeline that would say like how long everybody was there. Yeah, that, that would be pretty good. Um... Yeah, I'm not quite seeing here. It, it, I mean, look, at that point in time, it was uh, Steve Harris was the founder, so maybe he had some kind of input on it, because EGM started in 1988. Yeah. Because I imagine that Harris was probably still pretty involved in it, like, five years on. Maybe. See, here's... I don't know. Oh, I totally forgot about EGM 2. That was a thing that existed for a while. I guess... Dan Shu was uh, editor-in-chief from 2001 to 2008, but I was wondering... Oh, he joined in 96, so... Okay, after that. so Dan Shu, hands-washed in ivory liquid <laughs> of this whole, like, Arrow the Acrobat debacle. Yeah, yes. nothing to do. Dan Shu Good. blameless for <laughs> the praise right. of I Arrow the Acrobat. Dan Shu, probably the reason why he went to EGM was he saw that, he was like, well, I'm going to turn this ship around. Maybe the voice of reason in this office. That car from Daytona really should have won it. Very upset from, about this. The guy who just who says Ridge Racer should have been the winner. Yeah, yeah. I'm never yeah. going to not be angry about this. Like to my grave, I'm going to take this knowledge with me. The first yeah. issue of EGM two was in 1994. Maybe that's what it was. Like that was all the people who were mad about Arrow the Acrobat. So they were like, "We're going to go make our own EGM." want to talk about import games fuck all y'all yeah error the acrobat wasn't an import game so theoretically we won't have to play any more of those mm. oh well, EGM 2 um, became expert gamer i didn't hmm? know that i used to read yeah, expert gamer i never knew that was originally egm2 
Oh. Yeah, no, I didn't know that either. I, I like, only vaguely remember Electronic Gaming Monthly 2. Uh, yeah. I do not remember ever feeling, like, compelled to buy that uh, when I was a kid, but I picked up EGM all the time. I'd still have, like, a, a small stack of EGMs uh, sitting up on my shelf that I've been intending to go through and read. Uh, specifically when we get to games that are uh, talked about in the cover stories for those, I wanted to kind of go back and like read about what people were saying about those games like temporarily. Yeah, I got uh, rid of all of my game magazines, especially because I would look at some of them and flip through them and be like, oh boy, some of the stuff in here was a different oh. time. But that's the best part about them is like these weird time capsules of like this is how we talked about games back then. Not even that. Like, it, I was looking at a and it was, shitty, but this is the way that we did things. It was like an official PlayStation magazine or something, and I opened it and immediately was like, "Here's the best booth babes of E3." Yeah, and I was like, I don't need to keep this. But how are you going to know, Larry? When we inevitably have the discussion about the best booth babes broken down by year, how are you going to engage in that conversation with me? Well, uh, number one is, what's her name from Sin Episodes, I guess. And then, of course, you got Lara Croft and uh, that lady from EverQuest. They ever put the the two ladies from, like, oh, God, what was that video game where, like, the whole advertising was just, like, maybe... Lesbians, yeah, fear effect. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know if that ever translated to the game. Like the, those characters were in a relationship or something, where if it was just yeah, like we're. we're making the advertisements really provocative, they were, but it wasn't like to that extent. It wasn't like an over-sexualized, like uh, hey, guy yeah. gamers. I mean, I have a little bit, I guess, but like not really any more than anything else at the time, I guess. Okay. I don't know. I did those advertisements always just stuck out of my mind as being like even at that point in time, kind of like, oh, you you do this in an advertisement? Yeah, the, the ads were way over on top the of top. each other. Uh, yeah, whatever. Fear Effect, very progressive game. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> in, like in its way. Yeah. Compared to other stuff, sure. Look, I legitimately don't know. I never played. I never played Fear Effect. It made me feel funny things as a young man. That's all. You should check it out. They're weird. Uh, I remember a lot of advertisements for Oni around that point in time too. Yeah, I was thinking Very recently about playing Oni. Like here's the game. Hmm. Those advertisements were very different because they were more just like here's just the game. Here's the character from the game. Here's the game that we're making. Yeah. Yeah, that game was weird. Uh, I remember liking the idea of it a lot more than actually playing it, because it was kind of awkward. It was a Bungie game, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, published by Rockstar. One... Oh, right. That was the one that they worked on together. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. I think the game was like kind of unfinished, too, because like a bunch of weapons that were in ads, and even on the cover of the game, are not in it. That's weird. There were supposed to be like mech suit segments too, I think, that aren't in there. So yeah. Okay, here's my idea for a Gremlins two. Do a Gremlins two the new batch re release. The the print magazine uh, advertisement is two versions of the sexy Gremlin, and it looks like they might be making out. It's a great idea. What if I don't want to play the game? 
What if you have Crash Bandicoot in a bed with a bunch of other gremlins? <laughs> Just like little lipstick marks all over Crash Bandicoot? Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. No, actually, like, if you did, I wonder what the print uh, advertisements for Gremlins 2 was like back then. Except that it was just very straightforward, like, I don't know, here's some Gremlins. But, like, the way that you would want to do it, if you found, like, some means to get permission to have, like, other video game characters and the advertisements, and it was like they were invading those games. Right. You know, kind of like the, um, the box art for the first movie with Stripe, like, coming out of it, you know, yeah. and writing on it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because like the thing about Gremlins too is, is one of those franchises where fourth wall breaking works extremely well in its favor, just by the very nature of what the Gremlins are. Because mm-hmm. you don't really have to explain what a Gremlin is to anybody, so they just immediately get what that gag is. Yeah. For example, the whole sequence uh, in the movie where they are disrupting a uh, movie in a movie theater, and so the Hulkster gets up and admonishes the Gremlins for their antics. R.I.P. Hulk Hogan. He's Hulk Hogan, dead. not in the uh, game, which, by the way, wasted opportunity. That should have been like a power up. Like you yeah. save, you save all your money through the game because it's like the most expensive item. Like you just buy a Hulk Hogan and like you summon him and he says a slur and it like wipes all <laughs> the gremlins off the screen. Because gremlins hate racism is the thing. Yeah, <laughs> it just calls them all the N word and then they just disappear. <laughs> They could have at least like had a little Hulk Hogan's pasta mania somewhere in the level. Yeah, Just like a, a poster something. or something. Yeah. 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 I mean, it could uh, be part of the food court, you know, like the Canadian restaurant. Yeah. But then like that was different in the uh, VHS version too, because in the VHS one it was that they had like gotten into your TV and were messing with the tape. Yeah. Except it still kept the shadow puppets part, which doesn't make sense. But yeah, yeah that has, does not. it's it's like they even filmed the alternate thing of them fighting John Wayne with yes. like a really bad John Wayne voiceover impersonation. Like, don't I they don't even like say Pilgrim? These... Yes, he says Pilgrim. It's like okay. I don't want these monsters on my ranch, and you don't want them in your TV set. <laughs> like he says it like that. Like, that would be the great thing, too, is you could replicate that now with, like, uh, if you did a Gremlins 3, you could have a bit that was just, like, for the Blu-ray or something like that. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it so would be Gremlins kind of 2, like, great um, movie. It'd be like that bit in Arkham Asylum, where the game looks like it's glitching out from the Scarecrow gas. Ooh. That would be really good. Yeah. Be even better if you had like a modern day Gremlins game and it did that, and then it actually just did the whole opening bit from Arkham Asylum, but like Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, like you're getting wheeled in, except it's like yeah. the googly eyed Gremlin there, sort of like the part in the dentist chair. Yeah, they, well, there you go. Harley Quinn is the sexy Gremlin in that case. Oh, no. uh, instead of Scarecrow, it's the brainy Gremlin. Yeah, googly eyed Gremlin is the jokester. Sure. Yeah, see, everyone, uh, everyone in Gremlins Two has an analog to a Batman villain. That was always the design. That was always the point. Yeah, Bane is George. Uh, yeah, who would be Mister Freeze? Mister Freeze is who? Or, I mean, Two no, Faces who? Two, two... Mohawk because Mohawk. they both like. They both like what? <laughs> Your internet is being bad. They both like Tommy guns. Oh, sure. 
Plus, you know, little reference Tommy Jones, Tommy Lee Jones famously played Two Face. Yeah. Well, there's also um the ventriloquist guy with a little puppet. He had a Tommy gun. Oh man, a gremlin with a little gremlin puppet. Yes. <laughs> Tiny gremlin that he's got his hand in. <laughs> Come on, don't say it that way. It's just like an actual miniaturized version of one of the normal puppets too. Like that'd be a really good gag. No, I would like it if it like looks like it's made out of wood. Like okay. and also no, very no, no. badly. Like the Grim One itself just tried to make a puppet. Okay, look, my other pitch for that same concept is it is actually just a second live gremlin that is very <laughs> small and he's just pretending it's a puppet. That would also be good. <laughs> oh man. I really like this idea of completely recasting Arkham Asylum with Gremlins. Okay, look, I, you and I could... Oh, well, that... Yes, also Arkham Knight. Um, well, definitely. I can understand why people like Arkham City, even though I do not particularly enjoy it. Arkham Knight, I, I have never heard anyone say, like, any positive thing about it. I have. Probably for me, because I was trying to justify dealing with all that shit at Oh, the at the time, yeah. But also, yeah, actually, was... fairly recently, somebody was saying they liked it, and it was responded to with me and several other people going, No! I, I remember being somewhat defensive of it back then. Like, I remember saying that I didn't really mind the Batmobile segments that much. Uh, I actually... I still don't mind just driving around the city in the Batmobile. I think that feels fine. It's the combat bits with the Batmobile that are insufferable, and there are way too many of them. Even uh, the combat bits, I, I don't mind that much. It's the platforming and puzzle-solving bits that were the absolute oh. worst. Yeah, I've mostly tried to like choke down and repress those bits. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do remember like that one early on where you're trying to basically like create a bridge to get mm -hmm. over something going on way too long. Um, but yeah, like I I remember being more defensive of it at that point in time because I had I had purchased a new graphics card which came with the code for Arkham Knight, uh, which is a really unfortunate like packing game to get with an expensive graphics card, and then dealing with all the stuff on Steam, and eventually getting like a new code sent out to me for a different game, and then I had to go like buy a copy of it for the PlayStation Four, and after dealing with all that shit, uh, it was just a bad game on top of it. That whole thing was so weird because. Like, their whole thing with sending out codes was messed up, I guess, because I was supposed to have gotten a pre-order DLC code, I never got it, and I asked about it, and then they ended up sending me just a code for the game on Steam, and I was like, well, okay, I have an extra copy of this for PC now, I guess, uh, but I still don't have the original DLC, and, like, it didn't really matter, because it was just, like... I yeah. don't know. At that point, are you really going to even bother with the DLC, or do you just want to be done with the game? Uh, I mean, it was within the first couple days of it being out, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, this is something that you and I had talked about. Uh, speaking of the Arkham games, I can't remember if we actually talked about it on this or just uh, as an aside to each other. We're about at an what hour ten, by the way. I know. I'm. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. going to end it after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 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 no, I get it. <laughs> Look, this episode's long. We talked about Gremlins too. I had anticipated this. Um, 
No, uh, you you had asked me because they did that thing on like the Epic Store where you could get uh, all those games for free, including uh, Arkham Knight, and you were wondering like, did they ever fix that thing? As it happens, like uh, I had told you that no, I believe they didn't fix it. Like a day after me saying that Digital Foundry did a breakdown of where that game is at right now, and yes, I was right. They did not. Great. It is still completely fucking busted. Like, apparently the only way to get good performance off of it is to use, like, the last wave of graphics cards that just came out. (laughs) And, like, even then, I want to say you have to get, like, this little, like, uh, chunk of software that someone developed that gives you, like, finer control over graphical options to just, like, turn off some of the shit that makes the game chug. And even if you use that on graphics cards that uh, were contemporary when the game came out you still will not get stable performance so excellent uh yeah. of course performance aside that game is terrible anyway so and you know what the problem is got goddamn gremlin in that game exactly still run. if they had gremlins gremlin. in it it would have been a different story so uh we we talked a whole lot this episode about gremlins too uh we also, at like for a brief moment in time, talked about Rygar uh, and Clash of Demon Head also for the NES. So this is the point in the show where we need to recommend uh, all three of these games. I think this is a layup. Do not play Rygar. Do not play Clash of Demon Head. You need to go play Gremlins 2. Agree. Yes to G2, no to the other two. Exactly. Uh, so that, uh, I think that's an episode. Got anything you want to add? Nope. I love Gremlins. I also love Gremlins. I want like I have, I have that NECA Gremlins, that toy that they put out, and it's really good. Yeah. Make him hold like playing cards, put a cigarette in his mouth, 3D mm-hmm. glasses. It's got like a big box that comes with it that looks like the uh, the VHS box for the original Gremlins. Like I got like that behind him. It's like, oh man, it's really good. It's only like 30 bucks too. So I don't know, if you keep talking about the toys you have, we're going to be here all night. But hey, look, the reason I bring this up, if you like Gremlins, you want more Gremlins, support Gremlins. Go buy those Gremlin toys. Speak with your wallet. Need more Gremlins. I've been Larry Davis. I've been a Gremlin. This whole time? Whole time. It explains a lot about your uh, reading and writing ability in particular. <laughs> as soon as this episode's done, I'm gonna go drink heavily and be rude to women. <laughs> yep, this checks out. <laughs> Goodbye, dinosaurs. Goodbye, gremlins. Hello, gremlins. Oh, by the way. <laughs> What? Wait, are we still recording? No, we hit the record button again. I forgot. Forgot the thing. Okay. Ow. I almost forgot. Email us at AmericanRetroPie at gmail.com. Tell us who your favorite gremlin is. <laughs> okay. That's all I want to hear about this week's episode is just uh, tell me who your favorite gremlin is. That's it. That's all I get. Get out of here. Bye. I'm done.